0: the Knitting on the Run podcast, where it's always knitting and running in 30 minutes or less. Today is Friday, May 25th, 2018, and it's the start of the Be a Helper Craft Along. So today's segments will include a bit on the Be a Helper Craft Along, including prizes and some charity ideas for you. I've also got whips, and in today's knitting talk, we will answer the question, why did I start a podcast? Here we go. Be a Helper, Summer 2018. Well, with all the crazy stuff in the news again recently, I'm glad I decided to run this Cal again. Um, So as I mentioned last week, the Be a Helper Cal is back for the summer. We went over most of the details last week, but I will go over a few updates quickly today and a few addendums. Thank you very much to those of you who reached out with some questions. Firstly, in the last episode, I said that this was a cowl for anything you can knit, crochet, weave, or spin. But someone pointed out that during the last cowl, I said any craft. And I am going to go with what we used previously. After all, this is all about being a helper, not what craft we're actually crafting. So anything that you make for any charity will count. You want to cross stitch something? Go right ahead. You want to make an underwater basket weaving project? That works too. I don't care, as long as it's for charity. So I'm still going to run the craft along on Ravelry because it makes it easier for most of us involved, Um, but you do not need to link to a project page. You just need to post a photo of your finished item in the thread on Ravelry and tell us what charity you're donating it to. Donating blood still counts, of course. Another listener pointed out that it is a pain trying to get all the photos up in time for Stash Dash and ending things the same night, could be an issue for some, and I wholeheartedly agree. I've been caught with that myself in the past. So I'm going to give you an extra week. We are starting today, May 25th. We will end August 31st. You have all summer to finish your charity work. Please post one picture per finished object in the finished objects thread, and that will be one entry. Every item you finish is one entry into the drawings. Whips are allowed. Please go right ahead. Double, triple dip in any cows you want. I totally encourage this. For prizes, so far we've got three prizes. I have one skein of fish fish knit yarn in the at sixes and sevens colorway, which is a self-striping merino nylon, nylon sock yarn. Excuse me. All talking thumbs today. I've got, I will be donating one skein of a non-wool yarn of my choosing, though I would love to hear some input from you folks. Have you wanted to play with silk or bamboo or, you know, a cotton that's not your mother's crochet cotton, if you take my meaning? Let me know what you think. And lastly, I need to say a huge, huge thanks to Tiffany from The Project Bag, who is offering a free project bag and matching notions pouch, and she will ship it anywhere in the world. Uh, Tiffany sent over an example photo and I will be posting it in the Ravelry group so you can take a look. The prize won't be the exact fabric pattern shown, um, but the bags will coordinate and her photo will give you an idea of her gorgeous handiwork. Thank you so much, Tiffany. I'm really excited that we can offer this as a prize for the Be a Helper account. And now for some charity ideas. So I know a lot of you are crafters, but not everybody has a regular habit of crafting for charity. So I'm going to talk about a few items here that may be of interest to you. The first one is preemie hats. Now I know a lot of people talk about preemie hats. They're quick and easy. They're great to do with those scraps of leftover yarn. So they really are a wonderful option. And a lot of hospitals are looking for hats, either for their NICU ward, neonatal intensive care unit ward for preemies, and also uh, they'll take hats for regular sized babies as well. Check with your local hospital for yarn requirements. They will need to be washed in an industrial strength washing machine, so there may be limits as to what yarns they could use. (laughs) Cough, cough, acrylic, cough, cough. Um, But your hospital may differ from that. You may be lucky and your hospital might take everything. If your local hospital isn't accepting hats, there are a few podcasters who have done hat collection in the past. I know that Dana from the Unwind Yarn Company is collecting them for her retreat attendees this fall, and she might be willing to accept a few more via mail if you contact her. Greg, aka the Knitting Daddy of the Unraveling Podcast, has also accepted mailed hats in the past for his local hospital. His daughter was um, a preemie, and that's how he learned to knit. Was um, he was gifted, or his family, I should say, was gifted hats when his daughter. Was in a NICU, and he learned to knit to pass that on. So it's a cause near and dear to his heart. And if your hospital doesn't take them, um, you could, you know, contact him on his website, and uh, I'm sure he could probably direct you in the right area. Next up is knitted knockers. These are prostheses for breast cancer survivors who have not or cannot have reconstructive surgery. The knockers must be made with plant-based yarns. Wool is just too scratchy on scar tissue. A list of acceptable yarns is listed on their website, and so I will link to those in the show notes. And also I will link to the, um, the free patterns. Knitted knockers has a variety of patterns for um, circular needles, DPNs, magic loop that sort of thing. So you can find the pattern of your choice. They're easy to make and they're a lot of fun. Next up is mother bears. Now this is one that I personally have not made. I want to be upfront with that. I learned of this charity from the Two Knit Lit Chicks and they are currently running their annual Mother Bear Cal. These bears provide comfort to children who are victims of the HIV and AIDS crisis in Africa mother bear will snail mail you the knitting or crochet pattern for a small fee i think it's five dollars or so and all they ask and you can you can use that pattern as many times you can make a dozen bears off of one pattern they're not going to make you buy it every time you want to make a bear Um, what they do ask though is that when you return the finished bear to them please send them three dollars to cover the shipping to africa because it does cost a lot of money to ship a box full of bears to another continent but this is a great charity um, I've heard a lot about them from Two Knitlet Chicks. They've been working with them for years, and it is a, a great charity, and they really could use some help. Also, I'd like to mention Knit Aid. It has a, it's an organization with both USA and UK branches. Neither is currently connect, collecting for um, refugees, but you can knit scarves or hats or baby clothes for refugees for next winter. All items must be dark colored because the recipients will not be able to wash them easily. These items are going to refugees most of the time in camps. So think um, camping, basically, Uh, according to their website, they basically said these folks are living in camping conditions for months and months on end, even in the dead of winter. So warm weather items in dark colors are greatly appreciated. You can find out more from their website, and I have it linked in the show notes. Finally, do you have a charity craft idea that you think others would like to hear about? If so, please let me know, and I'll talk about it on a future episode. Send me a PM on Ravelry, I'm Windswept Monique, or email me at windsweptmonique at gmail.com. On to whips. I've put a couple of rows onto my Changing Staircases Shawl by Jenga Knits. This is a shawl inspired by the Harry Potter books, the way the staircases are constantly changing, and I'm working on it in musu, a 100% bamboo yarn from the Fiber Lady, and a beautiful plum-colored Yarn, I don't have the colorway listed here, but I'll put it in the show notes. On my 52-stitch sock, I turn the heel. I'm using the Fish Lips Kiss Heel for the first time, and yes, I, I tried the cardboard foot, and it, so far it seems great. I'm working on this in Kobasi by Haiku, which is a bamboo, cotton, silk, and nylon blend. And I'm um, really excited because this one actually seems to be fitting me. Fingers crossed. We'll see what it's like, you know, with a few more rows uh, so I can actually put it on. You know what I mean? The addition by subtraction mystery knit along is winding down. The uh, epilogue came out today. No, I have not read it yet. I'm trying to be good and only read it as I go. I'm about a third of the way through clue two, and there are four clues in total. I'm working on this in four colors of three different yarns. For the light color, I'm using Ito Yarns Washi in the Crocus colorway, a very pale purple. This is a Japanese style paper yarn. It's lace weight, and I'm holding it double. The dark is Ito Yarns Kinu, a lace weight silk in their gray colorway, which is like a charcoal gray. I'm also holding it double. The zany color is Your Craziest Showing from Birdie's Knits, and it is a crazy combination of every color you can imagine, but it is gorgeous. I really liked working with this colorway. Lastly, I'm using another Kinu, the Plum colorway, which is actually a kind of a dark pastel pink, not purple as the name might imply. Uh, there is a slipped stitch section in this section two, or clue two I should say, which has caused me a little bit of a headache given that silk and paper yarns have absolutely no stretch to them at all, but I've learned how to knit that section more loosely than I would normally knit, and it's actually working out nicely. I was, after the first couple of rows, I was really going, oh my god, this is going to be absolutely awful, but by about row four, I I'd got it figured out and the beginning of the first slip stitch section is a little tighter than I would like it to be. It's, I, don't, I don't want to say it's going to block out because it's silk and paper we're talking about here, but you know what? No one's going to know. It's going to be just fine. A quick spinning insert. I am still practicing on my new wheel. I don't quite have the hang of it yet. I tried spinning the bamboo sample I got from the Fiber Lady at Stitches United Boy, was that easier! Um, I now understand why long staple fibers are much preferred by spinners than short staple fibers. Holy moly, totally different ball game. <laughs> but I am going to keep trying. Um, I'd like working with cotton, and the yarn you get is so incredibly soft. Uh, if you ever turned away a cotton because you don't like the feel of it, you have never touched homespun spun cotton. It's night and day. You, you would never, before I, you know, touched hand-spun cotton myself, I never would have believed the difference. It's Unbelievable. My problem with spinning on the wheel seems to be getting that first bit twisted and onto the bobbin. Once I have the leader wrapped successfully in a little bit of yarn, or a single, I should say, wrapped successfully, I can I can sustain it for a little while. But it's definitely the getting started is not my forte. And our last segment for today is going to be knitting talk. I was recently asked why did I start a podcast, and as I've now passed my first potiversary, I decided to tackle that question here. So first off, I love podcasts. Love I listen to them every day, all the time. Um, I started listening back in two thousand five when I got my first iP- um, oh got Not iPhone. I'm sorry, iPad, iPod. Way back in the day, one of those rotary ones. Um, and currently on my phone, I'm subscribed to, I think, 109 podcasts, uh, 12 or 15 of those are for my kids. Some of those shows that are mine are weekly. Some put out 15 to 20 episodes a year and some like serial every now and, you know, maybe every two years you get 10 episodes in a row. So even though 109 sounds insane, it's not 109 episodes coming out every week. Some of them are also only three minutes long, um. I know knitting podcasts have a tendency to be on the longer side, and while I do listen to a couple dozen of those, not every podcast is an hour and a half every single week, thankfully. Um, and no, I do not keep up to date with all of them. I We went to Florida in, for 10 days in February, and I am still catching up. I'm about two weeks behind now on the ones that I don't push to the front of the queue on purpose. So I I usually keep up better with the knitting podcasts and listen within the first week, usually within the first, you know, one to three days of them coming out. And then I've got others that are kind of more my second tier and third tier podcasts that I just, you know, keep on my phone and listen to as I get to. Um, But back to this particular podcast. Um, Oh, actually, a quick note. I listen to the podcasts a little bit faster. Most podcatchers let you play with the speed. So I listen at 1.5 speed or 1.25 speed if someone talks as fast as I do in real life. Um, so 1.5 speed makes a 60-minute podcast only take about 40 minutes or so. So if you're looking for a way to listen to more podcasts in a very short amount of time, I definitely recommend using a faster playback speed. Um, also, one reason I do get to listen to as many as I do is I listen while I'm driving, while I'm cooking, while I'm cleaning, that sort of thing. I've got my phone you know, nearby, or I've got, you know, one earphone in while I'm cooking dinner, that sort of thing, listening to a podcast. And that helps me get through my giant list of podcasts. So uh, back to my podcast, I had been considering starting a podcast for several years And I kept putting it off. Family, kids, lack of time. I used to run my own business. You know, just insane. I had no time. I was um, super stressed and a little bit down in the dumps. And I finally decided to take on a project just for me. I'd just gotten into SSK, the Nick Girls Retreat, a few weeks before... And then I was listening to Just One More Row, and Dana, the host, was talking about exactly that, just getting lost in motherhood and the doldrums of thousands of thankless tasks every day, and how taking some time for herself and doing projects just for herself was really helping. And that was the light bulb moment I needed, and I decided to just go out and do it. So I bought a microphone, I downloaded Audacity, researched um, sound editing, which I admit I'm horrible at, but I'm trying to get better, so thank you for bearing with me over the last year. And I released the first episode on March 14th, 2017. This on quality was horrible. I was so incredibly nervous. I think I stuttered the whole way through it, but I did it. And I am so glad I did. And now, more than a year on, I, I love it. I mean, we're on our second craft along, and I have met so many wonderful people because of this podcast. It has truly been a joy, you know. Um, has it been exactly what I expected? No, I, I actually planned on putting out an episode regularly every week, but, you know, I've got two kids. <laughs> that's, that's just not going to happen until they're both in school, or I decide to podcast at 10 p.m. at night, which, trust me, you do not want to hear me overtired. But I love this. I am so glad that I have this opportunity to come to your ears and share... Just a little bit more knowledge with you, or a little bit more about running, or talk about yarns and patterns that you guys probably haven't heard about. That's actually one of the reasons why I wanted to do a knitting podcast. I love getting. Hi, sorry, there's Callie, our little almost 17 year old kitty. She's helping me podcast today. Um, One of the reasons I wanted to do a knitting podcast in particular was I get great ideas for patterns from a lot of other podcasters, but I found that I was using a lot of, of um, patterns and yarns that nobody ever talks about. I, I really like getting patterns from small designers that you've never heard of or designs that maybe don't have as much love. They didn't take off for one reason, you know, they only have five or ten projects. I love working on those patterns. They're so much fun and usually they are utterly brilliant just for some reason. Nobody found those patterns right after they were released, which is a real shame because there's some brilliant patterns out there that don't come up on the first couple pages of a rattle research. I also wanted to talk about yarns. There's a lot of yarn out there. I mean, I know a lot, a, cotton has a very bad reputation in the knitting community, but if the only thing you think of when you think of cotton yarn is sugar and cream, then there's a whole world out there to explore that you've never even heard of. And I also wanted to get that kind of information out there, because what you can find with bamboo and tinsel and silk and you know, non-sheep animal yarns, um, yak or camelids and stuff like that. It's amazing what we have in front of us these days. I mean, we are so, so lucky to have this gigantic um, access to yarn that, you know, we've never had in the past. And I wanted to bring that information to other people to help them explore what's right in front of them that they maybe never knew to even look for. And we're going to throw a really quick running segment here at the end. I just ordered myself a new pair of running sneakers today, which I am in desperate need of. My old ones, not only were they getting old, but they're my everyday shoes. So I have put on way more miles than I really should be to use them for training. So I wanted to quickly talk about how long should you keep your shoes? Now, that answer will vary quite a bit for everyone. It depends on how you wear your shoes. Do you wear them for everyday use or just for training? The general rule of thumb is every 300 to 500 miles. Um, Some people like the shorter side of that. Some people want to get more value for their shoes and will literally hold on to them until they start falling apart. So that depends on what you're looking for, but if you see any damage to the soles of your shoes, it is definitely time to get them replaced. Also check to see do you have an uneven wear pattern. You might want to look at if you're in the right shoe. If you're looking at the you flip over your shoes and look at the sole. If you're wearing, say, the inside more than the outside or the outside more than the inside, I would highly recommend going to a local running store. And by this, I do not mean Dick's Sporting Goods or your local, you know, multiple sporting goods location. I mean, actually go to a running store, Google running stores near me and find one. Even if you have to drive away, the staff there most likely will be trained in how to fit you to a shoe properly bring your old shoes with you so they can see the wear pattern and they will help you find a shoe that can help you um, run more evenly to help you, I don't want to say fix your gait, but will will match your gait better so that your shoes will wear more evenly and your joints will not take quite as much of a beating. So a little quick shoe talk there at the end. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend ahead of you and keep your needles and your legs moving. Bye-bye!